Hey guys, it's Sam. It's the Sports Podcast. The game of the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the Houston Texans 30-0 to in the wildcard playoff game. It just ended. It's over. I think it's fair to say the Chiefs beat them like a drum. They came in with Niall Davis kickoff return to start the game off with a lot of fireworks. And then uh, the Houston Texans offense couldn't really do much. They had a three and out. Uh, there really wasn't much offensive play in the first half. I believe you only saw uh, at the it was 13-0 at the half, uh, and after Niall Davis's kickoff return, that meant there was only two field goals in the first half as all of the offensive output by both offenses. And um, the story of this is the abysmally high number of turnovers by Brian Hoyer. The man had five turnovers. He threw four interceptions. He had uh, one lost fumble. He had an interception in the red zone right on the goal line. He had an interception. Uh, you know, one. I think one of them you can say is not necessarily his fault, but with that many turnovers, you're not going to win the game. J.J. Watt gets hurt. You see him leave the game. You see him clearly in pain. You see Jeremy Macklin go down. Very, very upsetting. His hit looks like he might have another knee injury. He was very upset on the field. Uh, but the Chiefs came in here. Travis Kelsey having a monster day, as he did in week one against the Houston Texans here. Big, big plays, big catches, lots of gain. Travis Kelsey making his mark. Um, the run game, uh, Spencer Ware, Sharkandrick West, very, very you know, consistent all day. It was really all Chiefs all day. Uh, the Texans offense couldn't get anything done whatsoever. Whenever they got anything going, they would turn it right back over. Um, and you saw the Chiefs taking advantage of it, running the clock out at the end of the game, um, converting third downs, and just putting points on the board time and, time and time and time again. Alex Smith getting the first downs when they needed them. And the Houston Texans just continuing to look more and more helpless. And it's, uh, it was painful to watch. It was tough to watch. But it's, it, I mean, listen, it's not a painful to watch. I enjoyed the game. It was an exciting game. Uh, certainly I'm, early in the game when you saw the Brian Hoyer throw an interception and then you saw Alex Smith throw an interception right after that. They just kind of traded interceptions. That was some exciting defense coming out to play. Um, but the Houston Texans, it, it, it got a little ugly in the second half. And uh, you saw the Chiefs really come in and pour quite a bit on. Jumping out there with Spencer Ware uh, and Chris Conley, both recording touchdowns in the second half. Uh, they just kept going down the field, and every single moment that the Texans were trying to do just about anything, a turnover. And and J.J. Watt hurting his groin, he leaves the game. You really just you felt the life slowly leaving the Texans at that time, and they couldn't they couldn't do anything. They couldn't they couldn't score. They couldn't move the ball. It was it was rough. It's a rough game. It's a tough tough game. Tough loss. Um, Alex Smith played some good football, managed the game pretty well. Um, I, I don't think he threw for 200 yards, but he did have a touchdown. And, you know, he did have an interception, but he did, you know, you can't, you hope he's not going to be perfect. But I think all things considered, he played very well. Uh, one of the guys to really stick out in this game was Travis Kelsey. Uh, looks like eight catches for 128 yards. That's a big day. Spencer Ware. I just took a look at the numbers, actually got twice as many carries as Sharkandrick West. It looks like West came out and started most of the game. Um, but then clearly, as things were out of hand, I think they wanted to give the ball more to Niall Davis and Spencer Ware, uh, you know, maybe leave Sharkandrick West fresh for next week um, and give these other backups the opportunity to really grind out the clock in the end of the game. 
I mean, much of the second half was the game just being run out and, and the Texans trying to maybe save some face, maybe put some points on the board, but sadly they couldn't even do that. Uh, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, six catches for 69 yards. Alfred Blue, 17 carries for 99 rushing yards. But uh, the, the big the, the big thing that's sticking out is Brian Hoyer, 136 passing yards, four interceptions, five turnovers. That's going to be what's remembered from this game, a, a convincing win by the Chiefs and a embarrassing loss by the Texans. Better luck next year, guys. But uh, good play, good hustle. I guess we can focus now on the night game, the Steelers and the Bengals. Um, the Steelers win. The Steelers will go on to face the Broncos, and the Chiefs will play the Patriots. But if the Bengals win, the Bengals will play the Patriots, and the Chiefs will play the Denver Broncos. Ooh, ooh Denver Broncos going to – or uh, Chiefs going to Denver. That, that'll be heck of a game. If you guys remember, the Chiefs were the team that intercepted Peyton Manning four times in his record-breaking – passing yards game where he had to leave the game with his plantar fasciitis after throwing four picks against that Chiefs team. This is a Chiefs team that really, really two straight games against the Broncos gave the Broncos quite a bit of trouble. Um, that'd be a hell of a matchup, but uh, it could might not be the case. I mean, Steelers win. You got them going to Denver, and you got the Chiefs facing the Patriots. Now, the Chiefs and the Patriots, there's also some history there. As I said in my last podcast, the Chiefs really kicking the shit out of the Patriots on that Monday night football game last year where everyone was like, oh, oh my God, Tom Brady, is Tom, is his career over? Oh my God, he lost this Monday night. He looks terrible. He lost the opening day game to the Dolphins. Oh my God, are we going to put a nip? Is it time for Bill Belichick to retire? Jesus Christ. Um, if we recall that from last year, that was Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid and Alex Smith that they played. Um, however, also the same, you know, Kansas City team that got smacked around by the Packers. Was it last year? I think it was this year. Anyway, let's not focus on that. Um, so those are the possibilities for next year or uh, next week. Um, this game, tough one, real rough one for the for the Texans. But like I said, convincing win for the Chiefs. Um, hopefully, Jeremy Macklin isn't as hurt as bad as uh, as as we may have as it looked from the from what we saw, but we'll find out soon enough. And as they always say, next man up. Uh, so Steelers, Bengals, I'm watching the pregame stuff right now. I'm going to see if I can try to really condense that one, get some highlights in that game and, and make the most out of that. And uh, uh, I love me some football. Hopefully you do too. We'll talk soon. Okay, this is Sam. I am back. It is the next morning and I had to sleep on what I just saw in the Steelers-Bengals game. My God. God, that thing is something to be remembered for the ages. Uh, the Steelers won the game 18-16. to 16. In many ways, they should have won the game, and in many ways, they should not have won the game. This was an extremely physical matchup between these two teams, and very sad to say, but the loss of poise, frustration, and penalties, these are the things that decided the football game. After much of the Steelers being the only team to put any points on the board, the Bengals put together an extremely improbable comeback in the fourth quarter to take the lead and pretty much had the game in hand. They Everything was working in their favor until a couple of atrociously costly penalties in the final seconds of the game 
allowed the Pittsburgh Steelers to get into field goal range to kick a game-winning field goal with no time left, and the Steelers run out of the arena with the victory. This is shocking. It was rough to watch. It was rough to see a football game of this magnitude, of this caliber, be decided by such behavior and such activity. Um, let's get right into it. So the game was very physical uh, right off the bat, and the story of the whole game was defense. Um, I believe it was the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. First eight possessions of the game for both teams were punts. There was no scoring in the first quarter whatsoever. Neither team could really move the ball. Both teams were doing what the AFC North should do, which is have their defenses be showcased and get very physical. That's what we saw. We saw a lot of three and outs, um, both by Roethlisberger and A.J. McCarron. We couldn't see anything getting done on the ground. Uh, Jeremy Hill, Giovanni Bernard, nobody was really able to break out any big plays. You saw Jordan Todman, you saw Fitzgerald Toussaint, but no big plays came out of the game at all. Um, probably the most exciting, before, the first thing, the first moment you started to see any real excitement uh, was the first turnover of the game. The Pittsburgh Steelers turned it over, it was a nice pass to Marcus Wheaton, and he fumbled the ball after the catch. Now, if that wasn't as exciting in itself, uh, the Bengals get the ball back, and three plays later, A.J. McCarron promptly throws an interception and gives the ball right back to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, it was at that point the Steelers actually went down the field and were able to kick a field goal. Um, I think they, they had a big play. I think they had one big play to Antonio Brown on that drive to at least get them into field goal range. They were able to kick a field goal. They put some points on the board. Finally, in the second quarter, it was 3-0. Um, then uh, I believe the Bengals went three and out again, um, and the Steelers got the ball back and were able to, I think they had another big play. Um, yeah, I believe it was a pass interference call that um, put them in scoring position, and uh, they ended up kicking another field goal. And I believe when we went into halftime, the score was 6-0. So the Steelers of the two teams were the only ones to really get any big plays out of the day. So while both of these defenses were sort of dominating the, the, the focus of the game, the Steelers were able to squeak out a couple of big plays here and there to at least put some points on the board. Now, when they came out of halftime, the Bengals received the ball. This was, this was where some of the excitement really started to kick off. A.J. McCarron fumbles the ball, and the Steelers recover it, and then the recovering Steelers defender fumbles the ball. Another Steeler recovers it and runs it back in for a touchdown. However, they ruled that the first Steeler who recovered the fumble was down by contact, so it's just a fumble. It's not a touchdown, but it was some excitement that got going um, uh, for the Steeler team, really riled them up. Uh, however, either way, they did get the ball. Instead of getting a touchdown, they were able to move the ball a little bit. And, um, yeah, I think that's the play where, uh, where Martavis Bryant had a 44-yard rush. He had an end around. It was very pretty, but it put them into scoring, put them into scoring position. They were in the red zone. And um, they ended up kicking a field goal. So once again, at this point, it's 9-0. There's been no touchdowns in the game. And the Steelers have been the only team to really get any points on the board, to, to move the ball in any meaningful fashion without turning it over. Um, sadly, the Bengals get the ball back and do not move it at all. They end up having to punt away again. And the Steelers 
get the ball one more time. And now in this particular drive, they actually are able to move it pretty convincingly by, again, a big play by Antonio Brown. I believe it was a 60-yard reception where he catches it in the middle of the field and proceeds to make multiple people miss, and he moves right down the field. And um, they get into scoring range, and then uh, that was a a wonderful play from Ben Roethlisberger to Martavis Bryant. If you look on the Internet, you'll see these fantastic pictures of Martavis Bryant catching the ball uh, while he's doing a somersault as he's coming out of bounds. He retains possession. It's very pretty. Um, and it was the first touchdown of the game. It was very improbable. Puts Makes it 15-0. Uh, the Steelers try to go for two. Uh, they do not get the two-point conversion, and the score remains 15-0. Now, this is where things really start to get exciting or, or frightening, depending on how you want to look at it. We go into the fourth quarter. Go into the fourth quarter. At this point, the Steelers are up 15-0. They've got a pretty commanding hold of the game. It's clearly not out of range. It's still just two scores away. And this is a defensive game that is pretty much being highlighted by defensive plays. There's lots of hits at this point. Most notably, as we go into the end of the third quarter, Roethlisberger gets knocked out of the game. Vontez Perfect hits him hard on a sack, or I think it might have even been an incomplete pass, but Roethlisberger goes down. It's a third down play, so he immediately gets off. He gets up and and leaves the field. It's fourth down, and I believe that is the end of the third quarter. So the first play of the fourth quarter, the Steelers punt the ball away. Um, And I believe, I don't think the, uh, I don't think the, um, the Bengals were able to do much of anything with it. I think they got the ball. Ah, yes, this is when they get the ball and they're going down the field, and Giovanni Bernard gets knocked out cold. This man got knocked out unconscious, went down and fumbles the ball, and the Steelers recover the ball. This is where they end up calling Giovanni Bernard down by contact. The Steelers throw a challenge flag. They end up winning in the challenge, and they say that, you know, Giovanni Bernard, the guy was unconscious, so clearly the ball was fumbled, and Ryan Shazier of the Steelers recovers the fumble, And uh, the Steelers get the ball. However, at this point, Landry Jones comes in to replace Ben Roethlisberger. Now, this was something that worked out in the Bengals' favor because Landry Jones is completely unable to move the ball. I think he gets three plays in and they immediately punt it. Now, this is something you may or may not heard about prevent defense. In the fourth quarter, it's very common to see a team that's losing move up the field and score a touchdown and do it rather easily. And sometimes people say, how the hell are they never able to move the ball up the field, but yet in the fourth quarter they're able to move it at will? It's because the defense goes into prevent defense. That means they send more of the secondary further back to protect against the big play. And what this means is it opens up more of the middle of the field and it opens up more of the yards near the line of scrimmage, meaning that the quarterback is a, it's a lot easier for a quarterback to throw a, a pass to the sidelines for five yards or to check it down to the running back who can maybe run it off and get about five or eight yards. So at this time, the Steelers go into a prevent defense, which means that the Bengals are actually primed to move the ball down the field. And it's at this point they actually do start moving the ball down the field. And what you see is you see them score a touchdown. This is the first touchdown of the game for the 
Bengals. They score a touchdown here. Um, the the drive is a little it's a little muckety muck because I think most of it is pretty much a defensive pass interference penalty that on AJ. Uh, it's not on AJ Green. AJ Green draws the penalty, but I believe it's a 42 yard penalty, and it puts the Bengals on the one yard line. They run it in for a Jeremy Hill touchdown, and are all of a sudden they're on the board. It's a game again. It's 15-7. to 7. There's still time left. And once again, Roethlisberger's on the sidelines, or he might have even still been in the locker room at this point. Landry Jones has to come back out onto the field. Once again, the Steelers can't move the ball with Landry Jones at all. They end up having to punt it away. Then the Bengals get the ball, and they get a real drive going. The prevent defense is still out there. A.J. McCarron starts moving the ball down the field, and they're actually able to get a uh, – a field goal out of this. They kick a 36-yard field goal. Now it's 15-10. Now you can really start to see things shifting a little bit. There's there's some there's some hope for the uh, for the Bengals. The crowd is starting to wake back up. There's time left in the game. Landry Jones comes right back out on the field. Can't do anything with the ball. They go three and out, and they have to punt it away again. And the Bengals get the ball again. They go back into prevent defense again, and the Bengals move the ball down the field once again. This time with a beautiful touchdown strike from AJ to AJ McCarron to Green. AJ McCarron throws to AJ Green, 25-yard touchdown catch. It's pretty. It gives the Bengals the lead. They're winning by one point. They decide to go for two. They do not get the two-point conversion, and they're winning by one single point. Now, here's where things get exciting. The Steelers come back out onto the field. Ben Roethlisberger is on the sidelines watching. So he's been cleared, but Landry Jones comes back out to quarterback the team. Now, at this point, Landry Jones, it is on his shoulders to march down the field and try to at least kick a field goal. On the very first play that Landry Jones has, he throws an interception to Vontez Burfecht. This is the famous one where Vontez Burfecht picks him off, and as soon as he picks him off, he's down by contact, but he gets up and he runs down the field and he runs into the locker room because he's so excited that they've practically won the game. There's hardly any time left on the clock. I think there's a minute 43 left on the clock. They've just recovered the ball. They're winning by one point. Essentially, I think the Steelers had three timeouts left, so they couldn't just kneel the ball down, but they essentially had the game in hand, and they own it by a single uh, – they, uh, they're up by one single point. Now, they need to run the ball out. There's a minute and 36 seconds left. Their first play, they hand it off to Jeremy Hill, and he fumbles the ball. Jeremy Hill has one of the most costly fumbles that you're going to see in a playoff game. For the rest of the game, there was a camera sitting on Jeremy Hill just staring at him, watching him as he was just digesting the, the pain and the emotion that went through him as he's sitting there watching his team try to close out this game because the Steelers get the ball back. They get the ball back, and now that they have the ball back, Roethlisberger comes into the game. And Roethlisberger is on, I think, his own 14-yard line, something like that. He's got to go down the field, and it's not looking good. It's still, they have to get him just to the to the 30-some-odd yard line. He's got to go 50 yards just so his field goal kicker can be in a position to kick a 50-yard field goal. He gets a cut. Let's see. Let's go through the drive right here. He uh, pass play to Martavis Bryant for eight yards. Second and two, incomplete to Antonio Brown. Third and two, pass play to Francois Toussaint for seven yards, first down. 
they call it um, they call it timeout. Ten yard pass play to Fitzgerald Toussaint, and then finally we're finishing here, and it's third and seven. It's fourth and three. It's fourth and three. He ends up connecting with Antonio Brown for 12 yards. Now it's first down, and they're about 15 yards away from the field goal point, the point where they need to be to at least kick a legitimate field goal, and this is where all hell breaks loose. On first and 10, there's 22 seconds left in the game. There's a pass play to Antonio Brown. He doesn't catch the ball, but he gets nailed. He gets nailed by the defender, and at the same time, Vontez Burfick comes in and hits him across the side of the head. He gets pretty much laid out by both guys, but it's clear that he gets nailed in the head by Burfecht, and he gets a concussion, and he falls like a sack of bricks. The pass is incomplete, but immediately Burfecht is called for a penalty for, you know, a penalty, personal foul, whatever the hell they want to call it, which is a 15-yard penalty, uh, or a, a, which immediately puts the, the ball right at the spot where they need to kick a 50-yard field goal. So now this penalty has just put the Steelers into a spot where they could possibly win the game. It gets worse. The players start yelling. They go crazy. Then there's all this confusion, which everybody on ESPN has been talking about right now. Everyone everywhere is talking about the end of the game and the confusion in this play. Antonio Brown is on the ground. He's clearly a wobbly, a little unconscious. He got a concussion. They've already, con they've already confirmed the man's got a concussion. As he's getting up, Joey Porter and a, and a few other coaches and medical people from the Steelers are out on the field trying to help him. As he's getting up and walking off the field, there's some more jawing going on from the Cincinnati Bengals. Then that starts to get some of the coaches and the players uh, a little bit more riled up on the Steelers. So then they start jawing and they go back and forth. And apparently Adam Jones got a little too close to an official during this scrum and bumped into an official, that caused the official to throw a personal foul penalty on Adam Jones. That's an additional 15 yards. That then takes the ball, and instead of putting it on the 35-yard line, it puts it on the 15-yard line or the 20-yard line. So now, instead of the Steelers kicker having to kick a 50-yard field goal to maybe win the game, he's kicking a 33-yard chip shot. As, as when all the commotion settled, when all of the emotions were done, after all of those game-saving plays by Vontez Perfect and Adam Pacman Jones, two atrociously horrible personal fouls at the end of the game gave the Pittsburgh Steelers 30 yards of penalty yardage, and Chris Boswell stepped in, quick to kicked a quick easy field goal. The Steelers took the lead, 18 to 16, and that was the end of the game. It was really rough to see that. The Steelers advance. I mean, the Bengals did everything they could to win the game, but then they did just about everything they could to lose the game. It was rough. It was really rough. Bengals fans are going to remember it forever. And I don't know if you're ever going to be able to for forgive Vontez Perfect and Adam Jones. They played so well. They did all of the right things to win the game. And then they did all the wrong things to and then they did all the right things to lose the game, too. Just painful. Painful to see. Hell of a game. And I mean, I, I had picked the Steelers. I'm glad my pick worked out, but just a shame to see it uh, to see it end like that. I'd, I'd rather see it end because of because of a football play and not because of uh, someone losing their cool and getting a penalty. But that's the football. That's NFL for you. So now we're going to see the uh, 
Pittsburgh Steelers will face the Denver Broncos in Denver next week, and the Kansas City Chiefs will face the New England Patriots. Hopefully, it'll just it'll be just as exciting a wild card game as it was uh, uh, this Saturday. Uh, but let's gear up for NFC. We've still got the NFC games this afternoon, and uh, let's uh, let's hope they prove to be just as exciting as these games, or at least as exciting as the second game. That that Chiefs Texans game was a little tough to watch. Uh, anyway, we'll be back soon. Take it easy, guys.